everybody. Welcome to another episode of Space Flicks. This is the podcast where we review a movie and decide if it's worth the cost of beaming out to a lonely astronaut in space, all by their lonesome. Today we are discussing Ridley Scott's The Last Duel, Mm -hmm. starring Matt Damon, Adam Driver, Jodie Comer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, Ben Affleck's in it too. Yeah, you said all their names wrong. The way you're supposed to say it is Matt Damon, Adam Driver, Jodie Comer, and Ben Affleck. A star-studded cast, oh. Dan. Oh, whoops, sorry. I said I'm, I, I was way off. You're right. You mispronounced all of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, the, I like the idea that those are the correct pronunciations of their names. Right. Inflection is also part of the, it's part of the language, Dan. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, and oh, and based on a screenplay uh, by Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and Nicole Holof Center. Nicole Holof Center. Yep. Okay, I was not in my mind. It was written by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, probably because they're the. That's probably how it was marketed or something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, uh, yes. You know, it's like the. The guys who wrote Goodwill Hunting. Right. The next pair up of the mm-hmm. right of the dynamic writing duo, right? Um. But Nicole Holof Center is like a very well respected, you know, writer and director. What is she? What has she in, written? In I'm not. Right. I'm not. I don't know the name. She did the James Gandolfini, Julia Louis Dreyfus movie, Enough Said, okay, um, which I think was his last film? Question mark. Um, possibly, uh, or one of them. Anyway, uh, she did Friends with Money. Can you ever forgive me? Um, a variety of things. She's right, she's right. I think widely considered to be a, you know a very uh, respected writer and director. And so um, my understanding, skipping ahead, is... Um, oh, yeah, wasn't uh, it like she was brought on to help write uh, the sort of Jodie Comer's arc or storyline? Right. She was, I think, all the female, like the female perspective was sort of given to her and was mm-hmm. like, please... Please fill this in. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are like, can you, we don't want to get in trouble for, for the, for the female storyline. So can you please write it? That, or, yes. or the female, we, we like, you know, accused of writing the female perspective, like as men. Right. Right. Um, I mean, especially because this is a movie all about perspective. Right. And this sort of the subjectivity of experience. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Actually, it's not. Maybe it's, is it maybe about that? Yeah, it seems like it might be, and then on the surface, a little bit about that. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, anyway, yeah. Like, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Uh, I guess we should start with um, uh, expectations. Um, Ridley Scott is obviously an extremely famous director. Um, mm-hmm. Has he's? I mean. Uh, I feel like he's almost like Steven Spielberg, you know, like he's got all these really classic movies, right? Yeah. Alien, Gladiator. Um, I'm blanking. He's got way more than that. <laughs> um, Blade Runner, right? Uh, yep. But but he, I wouldn't, personally, I don't think of him as, you know, he's certainly not batting a thousand, certainly not recently. I think right. of his films as, generally almost always worth seeing um but sort of like no guarantee it's going to be great he he, he's 
for me, there's a lot of variability in his films. So yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. So personally, I was uh, I was looking forward to this. I mean, I I I always think Ridley Scott's gonna make something that's got some redeeming quality. Like you know, it's worth seeing, even if it's not amazing. Um, right. And I even feel that way about like you know Prometheus and Alien Covenant, two of his more recent films that I didn't think were great. Um, but worth seeing. And, uh, mm-hmm. so I guess I would say, I thought this would be a movie that was worth seeing, <laughs> but I really wasn't super confident it was going to be great. Um, in fact, I don't think, I don't think anything I've seen of his recently I've thought was like really exceptionally good. So, um, yeah. you know, the, I, I think the Martian was like good entertaining, right? Um, yep. all the money in the yep. world, good entertaining, I don't think he's done anything on the level of like Alien or Blade Runner um, in probably the past decade. Maybe I'm being unfair. I don't think I've seen all of his films, but uh, yeah. But so my my expectations weren't super high, but I definitely thought it was still going to be something interesting to see. How about you? I mean, he's a volume shooter, you know, like he just puts he it's just true. is he's like prolific. shot. He, yeah, he shots on goal kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, it's like he's so competent at making movies that just sort of feel like, you know, capital M movies. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're all, it's not like any of, he goes so fast, but none of them feel like dashed off. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like if you compare him to someone like Soderbergh, right? Soderbergh is also fast, but his movies are, that are made quickly often feel like a little bit slight. Like you can mm-hmm. tell they were made quickly. Yeah. Right. And that's part of their charm a lot of the time. Mm. Right. Like I'm looking at, you know, uh, Ridley Scott. I mean, like as an example, in the year from 2000 to 2001, he put out three movies, Gladiator, Hannibal and Black Hawk Down in wow. basically like a, a two year span. Yeah. Right. He's a machine. Um, like in 2021. Now, this is. uh he directed two movies, The Last Duel and House of Gucci, and he contributed to a TV miniseries, Roads to Freedom. Uh, last year, in 20, or the year prior in 2020, he did two episodes of a TV show. This is in a pandemic year, right? Like, he's just this machine. Yeah. And all of them feel like this was made by a very accomplished filmmaker. Yeah. You know? So to me, it's like, I don't go to Scott for like perfect movies. That's sort of never been his aim. I feel like some of them may be sort of almost accidentally achieve perfection. <laughs> almost there. Right? Yeah. Um, but it's, but that's, ne- I don't think he's so precious about his work. I think he's like, let's just go, go, go and make some movies. Um so that's that's what's sort of different for him compared for me with him compared to like you know you mentioned Spielberg right I feel like Spielberg is very like uh you know content like he's very deliberate in his career and Ridley Scott feels like he's he's just doing all sorts of stuff that's interesting to him mm. um that it doesn't feel as necessarily as considered as maybe some of the auteurs who are you know much more precious about their about their, yeah like their a tarantino line, who's like i'm gonna make 10 films and each one of them is gonna be like a little masterpiece right 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 
Um, and I'm only going to do that many. <laughs> I'm going to be done. Right. right. Um, so, okay. So you were, I guess what you're saying is you're, you're similar to me or you were expecting, you were not expecting greatness based on what you just said. No, I like it's, it's, um, I expect a well-made film and who knows, maybe it'll be great, but mm -hmm. like that's sort of mm -hmm. like the, it, I, I sort of am, am rolling a dice whenever I walk into a Ridley Scott movie. It's like, it'll at least be interesting and yeah. it'll at least be well-made. Yep. Okay. And what were your first impressions now that, you know, fast forward two and a half hours, <laughs> you've seen the movie. What did you think? Um, I, I quite liked it. Uh, it was interesting. It was well-made. Um, it was a bit, di it, you know, I don't think it was the easiest film going experience, right? There's a lot of things that require, mm -hmm. I think, patience and for you to sort of sit with your discomfort, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, but I really thought um, it really lends itself to, for, to you really understanding and having a really deep relationship by the end with all of these characters um, mm -hmm. and what I really loved about it was how your relationship to them just changes over the course of the film, right? As each perspective is unveiled, you slowly, someone who you might think of as, uh, maybe having characteristics that you, that strike you as heroic or charming, right? By the end, you don't feel that way. Right. about them and i really right. liked how the movie just very gradually like shifted your perspective mm -hmm. away from sort of what you want to think about these hollywood actors playing you know sort of uh men of action right yeah and instead get a, a more under the surface taste of what they're what's really going on yeah yeah i liked it too um I would say it's definitely like sort of upper tier Ridley Scott for me. I don't think I liked it as much as, you know, some of his classic films, but um, I thought it was definitely well made. I thought the, I thought the, the climax of the film, right. Mm -hmm. the, the titular last duel, um, I, I was very invested in it. And I think that was, yes. that was earned. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. through just everything that you'd seen leading up to it, which is, you know, what, and, you know, and I think it was a really well choreographed and very kind of gritty, um, you know, it, it was, it was a, it was a very compelling sort of violent battle. Um, mm -hmm. and, yeah. uh, to me it was kind of like the highlight of the movie. Um, and so because it ends really strong, I think, I walked away from it being like, okay, that was like really good. You know, um, mm -hmm. reflecting back on it. I don't know that. So I, I, like I said, I do think it was earned. And so this is one of those things that's kind of hard to disprove because how much of the movie could you take away and the ending still feels earned. Right. But I, I do feel like much of the movie is, I don't know. We'll get, we'll get it more into it as, you know, in like the fix the movie section. I have a suspicion that's that much of this movie could have been edited down or, mm -hmm. or like it just, it just seems like in hindsight, a lot of it wasn't necessary for the ultimate point the movie was trying to make, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I, it's, I, I wouldn't say it was boring. Um, like you said, yeah, there's definitely parts that are difficult to watch. 
but it's it's pretty engaging throughout i thought um it's yeah. it's certainly it's certainly effective at kind of making you feel I gotta say, much more so than I expected from the trailers. I think from the trailers, I'm like, Ben Affleck looks ridiculous. You know, Matt Damon <laughs> looks ridiculous, right? Like, it, it almost seemed hard to imagine that it looked almost like farcical to me. How how mm-hmm. kind of silly they looked because you know what those actors actually look like, and it's like he's got this ridiculous hair and this ridiculous facial hair and stuff. Mm-hmm. But but I think that very quickly in the world of the movie. I I started to feel much more like it was very immersive and I felt like I I was there in that time period. Right. So, which is a sign of, you know, it's like, that's only really going to be an issue if the actors are not giving good performances and if the script isn't good and if the cinematography isn't good and all this stuff, but all those things were good. So, um, so yeah, overall, I think it was great. I just think there was probably some, some, some I want to say some fat that could have been trimmed or I don't even necessarily think of think of it as fat it's almost like I feel like what the movie is doing is not totally consistent all the way through and so that's mm. that's the, the, if if I've I'd say my biggest beef with the movie without getting into spoilers is just sort of like a an inconsistent kind of point of view or or goal I guess mm-hmm. um so such that like as an as a viewer, I felt like I was sort of being led in a certain direction and then a different direction by the end. And by the end, I'm like, well, I don't know why you led me down that other direction for a while. It feels like, oh. a, you know, strangely unnecessary uh, little little detour there we took. But um, but overall, very good. I mean, I, I still think it's one of the better films I saw of 2021. Um mm-hmm. You know, I'd recommend it to anybody who's not not someone who's looking for a feel good movie, but, you know, someone who's looking for like kind of a, a pretty intense drama, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's this. This is very much a a adult drama, an adult <clears throat> yeah. drama that, you know, they don't it feels like they don't make a ton of these types of movies. No, nope. really. Like, no. Nope. And very, this movie bombed like, at the box office. So, yes, <laughs> they probably but that's will. because of millennials daniel that's millennials that's that was is that what he said there was some there was some quote from where he's like it's these effing millennials (laughs) (laughs) i I forget i don't know if it was millennial but it was like he he said a word that was very close to millennial but it was not millennial so yeah yeah yeah. okay (laughs) um which i don't know maybe he's right um but uh, it's it's you know it's a very talky movie for the first mm-hmm. two hours yes there is some action you know but it's not and it's pretty gloomy too yes right which is yes. i think i think i don't know i'm just speculating but i feel like it didn't look just the look of it wasn't fun <laughs> you know no it was from, very the, impressive. from the trailer yeah. it's like this looks yeah. like it's gonna be kind of a bad time to watch right <laughs> And let's be clear, listener, it was. It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay, uh, let's see. Let's Well, let's get into themes. This is definitely a movie that there's, there's some stuff to discuss here. Um, mm-hmm. As you said at the beginning, it's, you sort of said, like, it's about different perspectives. But then it's like, well, it's sort of not, though. <laughs> right? right, right. So you want to elaborate um, on that? Well, the construct of the film is basically there's three major tranches 
the first from Matt Damon's character's perspective. It's all like a series of events over the course of several years mm-hmm. um, that from Matt Damon's perspective, followed by the same sort of time period, not always the same events exactly, because there are some situations where um, certain characters were present and other characters were not, but basically the same time period from Adam Driver's perspective and then the same time period again from Jodie Comer's perspective. Mm-hmm. And so one might think that this was sort of um, the construct implies that the movie is about the subjectivity, subjectivity. Yeah. of truth, right? Of, of, of what actually transpired in a situation. But I don't feel like the construct is actually lending itself to that argument mm-hmm. so much as each subsequent retelling of an event lends more insight into what really did happen. Mm-hmm. But this movie, mm-hmm. I think, does believe that something really did happen. Right. Right. As opposed to like, who can say, right? Like <laughs> human experience is, is a mysterious thing, right? Right. Um, I, I, so I think in, in some ways the movie's repetitive approach to a given moment in the lives of the characters is more about us returning to it to gain more insight about what really happened as opposed to like, you know, the readings contradicting one another and us being left to sort of like embrace the mystery of like, who can say what transpired? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, I like the way you put it that, um, if, if the movie's making a statement, maybe it's sort of that it's important to not that everyone has their own subjective experience, but that sort of when there are, when, when you are hearing versions of the story from people with, let's say an angle or a reputation mm-hmm. to uphold or mm-hmm. and who are, who are invested or biased in some way towards how the story is understood, mm-hmm. then it's important to sort of triangulate and get more, get more perspectives to sort of establish a clearer picture, right? Mm-hmm. More, more perspectives and hopefully from more trustworthy sources who are more likely right. to provide a reliable, um, you know, account of what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I think that's certainly part of what the movie's trying to say. I mean, personally, I'm probably saying it in the dumbest way possible, but I think another, I think another point that the movie is making is just, you know, that women have had it pretty hard <laughs> in in history. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, indisputably, right? It, well, um, well, that's right. But I, th- I think, you know, this movie, not, not to give too much away, but it's sort of where this movie lands is a place where in, in at this time period, in this point in history, even the quote unquote good men were sort of like, that's not saying much, right? Right. <laughs> like right. there were like, yes, there were, there were like better and worse men, but the standard was so low that the most virtuous men were not exactly, you know, the most, uh, they were not not exactly the, the most helpful allies to you know women like it was right. like the, the the all of society was stacked so against women that it's sort of like the best you could hope for is 
is a man who by today's standards would, would, (laughs) you know, not be considered a good man at all, basically. Right. 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 Um, Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the movie definitely doesn't shy away from that fact. I think there's multiple characters who reinforce, you know, it, 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 it sort of forces us to look at, um, you know, like like any movie that's about historic, like that's a historical fiction of some kind. You know, it's not really about the 15th century France, right? Mm-hmm. It's also about like how things you might reflect on how things are not as different today as you know you might like to imagine, yeah. right? Um, so I think you know the the movie definitely holds up a mirror in that regard. Another theme that um, I, I I'm sort of playing with mentally here is this notion of honor versus survival, right? I feel like um, the mm. the three main characters in the film all have sort of a version of of that that they're sort of playing with, especially all of them by the end, where it's like. I can maintain my honor, but I risk my life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the interesting part uh, is from the Marguerite character perspective, which is the flip of that, which is like, I can maintain my life if you will sacrifice your honor. And uh, Matt Damon's character doesn't, like, won't go for it. Mm. Right. And so there's this interesting sort of like bizarre conflict between sort of being viewed as an honorable person by the society around you and making a decision and but also making a decision that like will likely permit you to live. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. this weird, this weird sort of um, conflict between those two things. Which I felt like, which I feel like, I feel like we've talked about this in some other recent. Podcast. Well, I, I was about to say it's a much more re- grounded in reality, like version of that same dichotomy from the Green Knight. Yeah, that's right. Where that's much, very much a fable, but it's yeah, he has to choose between honor or survival, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think those are the themes. I think. You know, I mean, it's also worth mentioning this is a true story, as I understand. Well, based on it's based on an actual event where Mm -hmm. sort of similar to this film. Well, actually, much more so, I think, than this film, because it's, you know, it's it's an event. It's a historical event that's been written about by actual, you know, medieval historians. But Mm -hmm. it's not like today we know for a fact what actually happened. Right. Um, whereas this right. this movie takes more of a it, it take it takes a, a clear point of view of what what actually happened, which I think is probably based on some pretty pretty well informed, educated you know opinions about it, um, and just about knowing human nature. It's like this is probably mm-hmm. what happened, right? Yeah, um, knowing what we know. But I just, I just want to, I just want to say, like, based on the historical record, as far as I know, we don't like know for a fact that the events in this movie are completely fact, uh, factual. But, um, but it is based on a true story. And I guess I only bring that up to say, like, while I do think it definitely has clear themes, 
there is also just a historical aspect of it of like, right. You know, I I wouldn't describe this as a documentary or as like a movie that's just intended to teach us about this one particular historical event, but it just has that, it has that, uh, that dimension as well. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, movies that are based on real life often have the, in my mind, advantage of being able to um, present human beings who are a little more confounding mm. than maybe they would be in a work of pure fiction, right? Mm-hmm. Where, um, you know, a character like De Carouge, the Matt Damon character, is um, can be sometimes a person you're like, oh, he made a good choice there. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the right decision. And sometimes it's like, what a petty, small <laughs> man, right? Legree, you're like, um what a loyal friend mm-hmm. for parts of the film and then you're like what a sleaze bag right right what a monster um you know and it i think that there are you know that is what people actually are right, right. inconsistent sometimes admirable sometimes not um sometimes understandable sometimes seemingly contradicting their own values right and yeah. The movie, I think, is able to um, is able to sort of just let the let their actions or let sort of the historical record as much as this reflects it. Which you know, to your point, neither of us are historians. We don't we don't know precisely, but um, it just sort of allows these people to be you know odd and unusual and flawed the way that three dimensional. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like uh, I just had this this I like thought pop into my head, which is real people are poorly written. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, I think your right. point about like in a work of fiction, you're supposed to, your characters are supposed to like have consistent motivations. And anytime that people like just change or do something that seems quote unquote inconsistent with, you know, what their motivations are, or whatever is like, that's viewed as like kind of sloppy writing. Right. Mm hmm. Um, but your point is like, well, but that's kind of how real people are though. It's, you know, sometimes someone would be like, that'd be so out of character for them. You're like, I don't know why they did that. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe they're just having a midlife crisis or they were having some sort of crazy, you know, existential sort of, they were, they were in some sort of spiral and that's why they did this thing that seemed totally out of character. But, uh, anyway, yeah. So the characters in this are, I agree with you at, at times sort of confounding, um, but that feels pretty, pretty grounded. Um, so I, I think we've, I think we've said enough about kind of what the movie's about. Um, why don't we just get into spoilers and, and starting, start out with uh, talking best parts of the movie. Want to yep. do that? Oh, God. That's our spoiler warning. Mm-hmm. Very high tech. Very high tech. Yeah. It cost us a fortune. Mm-hmm. Uh, time. So, so highlights of the movie. I've already said one of mine. I thought the actual final duel um, mm-hmm. between Matt Damon and uh, between Carouge and Legree was really good. I mean, it sort of it, it brought back memories of like Gladiator, which I think had some of those really brutal but really exciting. Just like Ridley Scott does a good job with just like you're in the mud, sharp blades against, mm-hmm. you know, human flesh and just mm-hmm. like blood and mud and gr- grossness 
and like Dead violence horses. and danger. Yeah. Um, he, he does a good job with that. And I felt like this, this brought back memories of that. Like it was really, it was really visceral and intense. Yeah. Um, and I think the added dimension, of course, since we're now in spoilers, we can kind of reveal the premise, although this was, like I said, a historical event. Um, but, you know, they're fighting for, over over the sort of ostensibly like the honor of either Legree telling the truth, right, mm-hmm. and being kind of vindicated, I'm not a rapist, or mm-hmm. or de Carouge sort of proving that, that he was, and mm-hmm. which in turn proves that his wife you know, isn't a a harlot. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think just watching the fight through her eyes, cause it cuts back to her like on a number of times throughout the fight Mm -hmm. to me was really real had carried a lot of dramatic weight. Like there's, there's layers of complexity to it. You want, you want him to win. Um, you want him to win for her sake. Right. Yes. But you're also watching sort of from her perspective, knowing that it's like you want him to win, but you're also so kind of disgusted by him that he's Mm -hmm. engaged in this. That he's putting her in this situation. Yeah. yeah, It's like if you lose, I die. Right. Right. Um, I mean, he also dies, I think. Right. Right. But I think by the end of the film, we don't, I mean, at least I don't, I won't speak for you, but I don't particularly like Jean de Carouge. Right, right. right. He's, be, like, he's, he's, he's sort of like not a winner, <laughs> you know? Well, I think of him as like I was saying, I feel like he's like the better man yeah, <laughs> in this, right. in this pairing between him and Legree, but that's not saying much. Um, you know, I, I wasn't sure how far they were going to go of making him despicable versus just, you know, very flawed. And I suppose what your opinion of that is, is probably a bit of a Rorschach. I'm sure that some people did find him just straight up despicable by the end of this Mm -hmm. movie. Um, I had some sympathy for him. I definitely thought he was not a super great guy. Um, But, uh, but anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. That was just, to me, that was one of the best scenes of the film. What else would you would you call out as far as best scenes or best, you know, aspects of the movie? I totally agree with uh, you calling out the, the last duel. And there's a reason it's the climax of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few, you know, it's difficult to um, speak to like a particular scene because there are examples of moments that don't strike me as particularly impactful or meaningful the first time you see them, mm. but they become increasingly impactful like the second or third time right. you see them. Right. And the fact that you, um, you know, saw the first perspective and it was, it sort of, you took it at face value for what it meant to the characters from whose perspective it was shown. And then by the time you see it the third time, you're like, Oh, I, I understand this on a much deeper level than i previously did and so whenever the film was able to give me that kind of feeling Mm -hmm. about maybe a relatively unimportant moment that became more important with repeat viewing i I really loved those so i have a couple that i can sort of name um so the entire time that during the uh during the matt damon part which is the first section of the film he is um 
he leads a bunch of troops into battle where they're supposed to be protecting a bridge and they lose that battle. Um, and in the process, Matt Damon, uh, after being knocked from his horse, sees that uh, this is De Carouge. He sees that Adam Driver's character, Legree, is uh, about to be attacked, so I think sort of without his knowledge. And he um, stops the assailant and is able to, you know, save Legree's life. And for the rest of that section, you know, multiple times, Legree sort of mentions like, you saved my life. And he later will sort of vouch for Dick Carouge is like, he saved my life, right? You know, mm -hmm. he's a good man, even though, you know, he made a disastrous military decision, right? Um, and so I was like, I was sort of like, okay, so Dick Carouge is, um, you know, valiant in that way, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and so then when you watch the section with Legree and you see that same moment and you realize that after Matt Damon is knocked from his, horse the person who actually saves matt damon's life right away from being uh is legree mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and then later matt, da matt damon sort of uh unknowingly is returning the favor mm -hmm. right when he saves legree's life uh and legree never brings that up mm. right he never brings up like well i saved your life first Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this whole like I'm indebted to you thing doesn't really like hold water. Mm. It just never comes up because it's almost like he views Dick Carouge as like he's got so few things to hang on to. Right. Right. I'm just going to let him have this one. Yeah. Um, there, you know, and so like seeing that moment play out twice and with that, it revealed so much about de carouge as a character how he was sort of like hanging on to that bit of glory and how legree is so pitying mm -hmm. of de carouge in a lot of ways um and it all and it's all revealed just by that one moment when you realize like oh this this battle didn't go exactly as how i thought it did based yeah. on the first feeling yeah um you know i think that and isn't Martin it also the second it, it's the legree version that really puts more emphasis on it being a like poor decision making on Karuja's part, right? Yeah. To go into yeah, that battle at all, he like warn. Right. He's like, "This is not a good idea. This is exactly they what want they want you to do." This, yeah. yeah. And then he's like, oh, "Charge!" <laughs> you know? Right. And you're like, "Oh wow, what an idiot!" Right. Um, and then, uh, I can't remember what Legree says, but basically they're like, um, you know he there he go like one of the people's like there he goes he's like we can't just let him be slaughtered yeah right? like we we have, we have to. to go in now now that he's right gone. yeah right um so um so i really liked that moment uh i feel like the section that was focused on marguerite had several of these right mm -hmm. um uh i think a lot of them were sort of an uh, an indictment of the male gaze mm -hmm. right where um, several times I think Legree is staring at Marguerite and she maybe smiles and waves back or returns his glance and he and he projects so much meaning onto that. Right, he thinks he's he's, like, she's communicating oh, to him. Right. right, it's because she likes me. It's because she actually reciprocates my feelings. Um, whereas when we see her perspective, she's like, 
just smile and wave to like keep him at yeah. bay to yeah. sort of keep him yeah. placated right um and so uh just you know it's it's a little bit crushing the number of times that she has to sort of do that mm-hmm. uh and she, seemingly because she thinks she's playing playing nice with um someone They're, they play up i think the moment where uh she gives legree a kiss sort of as a token of affection from the house of de carouge mm-hmm. um and you sort of get to see her um you know true discomfort at at it yeah right? she's like why why are you asking me to do this this is unpleasant for me yeah um and so just yeah i think every anytime you got to have a moment like that where um you re- you learned a lot about the character uh by virtue of the way that their vision of events contrasts with the prior iteration um i really uh i, I really like that yeah um there are a few moments that I, th- I think are worth calling out that only one character experiences, mm. right? And and so those, you don't get alternate perspectives on them, but um, it really helps fill in why certain characters that uh, like are, uh, when for example, when Legree is sort of appealing to Pierre, who is the, I don't know what his title is. He's a yeah, the a, ba- a, ba- a baron, baron or duke. a duke or something. Yeah. So he's sort of he's over uh, De Carouge. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like this guy is the worst, right? Like, uh-huh. and Legree is sort of going to bat for De Carouge, and he's sort of like, no, he's a good man. He's a good soldier. You yeah, know, he's sort of like he's friend. good. He's just kind of dumb, right? Right. Yes, I get it. I know, but let me deal with him. You know, you don't don't do anything drastic. And and Pierre's like, fine. You know, if you like him, I guess you know yeah. we can yeah. we can lay easy on him. I'll tolerate him. Right. Right. And so, like, I liked moments like that because um, De Carouge, I'm sure, is sitting around thinking about how everyone's out to get him and in a way you know he's not totally wrong but he's not totally right either like yeah. amazingly legree occasionally does go to bat for him now at the same time legree is also a little bit of a snake and when mm-hmm. like pierre's like i'm gonna give you this piece of land that was intended for de carouge and uh legree's like okay yeah he's like well i'm not gonna not take it <laughs> right yeah. Um, and there's something very entitled about Legree. He's sort of like, of course, I yeah. I will take what is coming to me. Um, that I think plays out sort of in horrific ways, you know. Af, you know, by the by the end of his section with um, with Marguerite. But yeah. Uh, but I think there's some, like I really um, that's exactly the sort of thing that I was talking about. How like I think Legree is a pretty despicable person by the time by the time you get to the end of the movie like i feel like that's sort of where i came down on him Mm -hmm. by the end but there are definitely moments where it's like oh look at him sticking up for his friend right yeah like that's i wouldn't i wouldn't have seen that coming well it's like you said right there it's every every character is um at at best imperfect and at worst not without any redeeming qualities right right um yeah. Uh, with the possible exception of Marguerite, I don't think <laughs> this film doesn't really 
depict her in any way in any negative light, right? No, that I, mean, I can think yeah, of. She, she's sort of the hero, right? She's the most. Uh, she's one of the most competent characters in the film, right? She's bright. She's well read. She appears to be. She's trying to be like a good and loyal wife to her husband in sort of yeah, the traditions to be of the what's time. expected, right? Of right. her. Yeah. Um, and when she stands up for herself and is like, I have been wronged and I'm not going to back down even in the face of pretty invasive, embarrassing questioning, et cetera. It's sort of like from a modern point of view, you're like, yeah, this is what you, these are the right answers. Right. But at the same time, you're very aware of like, would I have the courage to, Say yeah, what she's the, saying. The, the risk, the risk is so great. Yeah, more than she even realizes, right? Initially, right, right. Um. So, yeah, those are. I think. I mean, I guess it's worth just also saying. I thought the. Sure, surely the. I don't know if it if it should be the production design or what gets all the credit, but as I said, I thought the. The, it was a very immersive world. It really felt like being there at the time period. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, you know, I think that's the production design and maybe the cinematography and costume design and so forth. Um, I thought that was all pretty top notch. Uh, and and I don't know. I feel like I should give Matt Damon and Ben Affleck props for overcoming my initial feelings that they looked ridiculous because I ultimately thought those were actually good performances. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, I, I think Matt Damon is, you know, despite I think generally having an image as, you know, a Hollywood nice guy, mm-hmm. right. Uh, really is an excellent dirt bag, right? Like, yeah, he is so good at playing just sort of like unlikable men who um and this and I think it he plays uh he plays smart really well, like in Goodwill Hunting or like The Martian, right? He certainly mm-hmm. can play like smart quite well. But I love it when he plays dumb. You know, like mm-hmm. in a movie like this or the informant, right? It's just sort of like a guy who's just not quite as bright as like the people around him mm-hmm. and is oblivious to this fact and like highly confident in spite of it. Right. Mm-hmm. He just does it so well. And I feel like that's the thing with Dick Rouge is like, um, you know, the moment where he's like, this horse is how we're going to make all of our money. Mm-hmm. And Jody Comer's like, and rent collection. Right. And he's like, <laughs> Oh yeah, sure. Sure. That too. Right. Um, and then later you've got like the serfs who like stay who are working their land being like, here's my rent that you didn't come and collect. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's incompetent. He's yeah, like, he's I'm not. broke. It's like because you don't run your your fiefdom properly. Right. Well, I think what was really um, kind of remarkable about that re- particular revelation was he in his version of like reality, it was like, we have to go to battle. You know, mm-hmm. like the only way to like we're broke, so we have to go fight to get mm-hmm. some money. And then mm-hmm. <laughs> when it's like you're also not collecting rent, mm-hmm. it's like, you sure you need to fight for money or do you just like to fight? Just want to. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Because he's good at it, right? You're bad with money, but you like fighting. So I think that's more more the, the true story here. Let me provide for you. She's like, you could go pick up the money off the ground that is all right. over this kingdom, apparently, for you. Yeah. Um, but no, I totally agree. It's like he's at a, he's good at at battle. And so that's what he's like drawn yeah. to do, because, of course, people are drawn to what they're good at. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so those are so there's those are some things that we thought were were good highlights of the movie. Um I guess it's we're we're now to fix the movie, and I definitely have some some thoughts. They might not be the most articulate thoughts, but I feel like this is not a perfect movie, as we've discussed. Unlike this isn't like a you know French Dispatch, or uh, I feel like we've talked about quite a few movies recently, or like Nightmare Alley, where it was like I wouldn't. I, I think the the creator here did everything they were trying to do. Yeah. Um, but maybe you you can go first if you have any particular sort no, of tweaks I'm on you would the, make. I'm on the edge of my seat regarding yours because I feel like mine would be nitpicking. I feel like you have something meaty. Oh, well, it, yeah, but I think that we're not going to agree on this because I, I think it sounds like it really worked for you. But mm-hmm. the the three different perspectives, I guess by the, by the time, put it this way, you know, I totally get you know, a movie that's famous for doing this different perspectives thing is Rashomon, right? The the Japanese film from many decades back. Um, and I think, I think I'm, I'm accustomed to that approach being, being about sort of showing the subjectivity of something and the sort of like, you never really know exactly what happened because everybody's mm-hmm. got their own version of events. Right. Mm-hmm. But when we get to Marguerite's version and it's mm-hmm. sort of, it, the movie takes a very clear position because it's like mm-hmm. for for Carouge, it's like the truth as told by Carouge or according to Carouge, right? And for Legree, it's the truth according to Legree. And for Marguerite, it's just the truth. Right. So you're like, oh, so this is the real version, right? And then you get all the like the the whole perspective of like, oh, Carouge isn't such a hero, you know? And Legree is is a monster. Um, I'm I think by that point. I was sort of like, okay, so we got two perspectives of just like bad guys mm-hmm. to contrast with each other, but mm-hmm. I don't know how interesting that is to me anymore because mm-hmm. I guess I guess like the interesting thing was that Carouge wasn't such a hero, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know how much I needed him to be contrasted with Legree, and it feels to me like the movie maybe could have just been Carouge's version and then Marguerite's version. Mm. Um, something like that. Like it, it just, it did feel a little, by the time I realized what the point the movie was making was, it's mm. like, that felt like more buildup than you needed to make that point, you know? So I think, right. I think I'm basically saying, I don't know that we needed Legree's version or it could have even been like you had, a sort of a hybrid of Carouge and Legree's version of just like, it didn't have to be the perspective of one of them. It could have been like the men's version. Right. Um, and then like, here's how the woman at the center of the story experienced it. Um, yeah. So I guess I, I don't, I don't object to there being a contrast where when you get to see Marguerite's version of things, it's, it's more of a reveal but mm-hmm. I feel like by setting it up as like, here's Carouge's version. Now here's Legree's version. 
now here's Margaret. It's sort of like falsely set up, sets up this idea of there being three worthwhile versions, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but, but, but the third is like the real one. So you're just like sort of two equally not worthwhile versions and one actual real version, you know? Right. I don't know if I'm making sense. I guess, I guess it, it, it felt a little, um, it, it felt excessive to me in yeah. the end to have those two it's- versions that are both wrong. Yeah, it's funny, like, I'll do you one better, like, I mean, why isn't the movie just her version? You know what I I mean? Well, I, I, yeah, yeah, kinda, but because, yeah, I I just question the framing, I mean, I have no idea, this is probably not true, but it almost feels like they had the idea to do it that way, Yeah, and then sort of like, at some point it evolved to sort of be more like, no, Marguerite's version should really be like the authoritative one, but they'd yeah. already committed to that structure for the movie. Right. Right. You know, right. I just, it, I, I don't feel like the structure served the ultimate message as well as it could have. I do I, think I, I get what you're saying of like, what if it's just Marguerite's version, but I, I do think there's some value in like, you know, filming scenes with the perspective of Carouge in particular being like a hero because he's mm-hmm. the hero in his mind, right? Yeah. And then having that contrast, that like sort of realization of, you know, this man thinks of himself as like a champion, but here's how here's how the woman in his life experienced everything. Yeah. Um, that is interesting to me. It's just, it's like, yeah, it's like, I don't know why we needed to contrast Carouge and Legree with each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could see a world where this movie is just a very much more straightforward film where it's just like the events told in linear order mm-hmm. and what you would do to like, you know, in like the examples that I gave of, you know, the the battle sequence where Carouge thinks he's, the savior of Legree, but it's actually, it's been, it was reciprocated even before, before then. Um, you could easily imagine a world where like Dick Carouge is like, I saved your life. Like cut to flashback mm-hmm. from yeah. Legree's perspective. You see the other thing. Yep. And he's like, yep, you're right. You saved my life. Right. And you realize like, and you could do it in that way without, I, 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 cause I think the thing that I would call out that I feel like you've implied but I'll just state is like, it's kind of a long sit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's two, it's two and a half hours. I feel like the structure definitely stretched out the running time. Yeah. Because like as much as yes, these different versions had different events in them and the same, whenever the same event it was shown, it was like different nuances Mm -hmm. or sometimes very different, you know, um, sort of ways that they played out. It's like there's still just a lot of logistical, like you know, connecting scenes that have to be shown a second time, or like establishing mm-hmm. shots and stuff. Where it's just like s- some of it is a little bit like, man, I just feel like I saw this already, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Right. And I just again, I don't know how necessary that was for what the movie was trying to say. Yeah, there were like. I think there were not enough, like there were some moments where um, they literally would film it twice in two different ways, mm-hmm. right? 
some of the times it was, oh, here's a perspective I didn't see before. And now right. here, you know, and then you would return to the original perspective. But like the example, the example where Legree begin like is attacking and pursuing Marguerite, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's a moment where she's walking up the stairs, and from his point of view, she kicks off her shoes on purpose. Mm-hmm. And from her point of view, her shoes just accidentally fall off because she's sort of in a panic running up the stairs. Right. Right. And so this is sort of like, oh, well, from his perspective, she's sort of like leading him on. Mm-hmm. And from her perspective, she's like, I'm just, I'm deathly afraid. Can't you see that this is absolutely like not what I want? Um, there's not a ton of moments like that in the film, mm-hmm. I don't think, where it's like they literally film it twice to give you like the perceptual differences. I think the the scene where she tells uh, Sir Jean, you know, about what happened with Legree, like that is definitely a moment where they filmed it twice. And like from his yeah, point of view, yeah. he's like a caring, doting right. husband. And from her point of view, she's like, he effing strangles y- me. Yeah, yeah. You he know? attacks like, me. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, but I, I, I wonder if there's a version of this movie that's like, you know, 45 minutes shorter mm-hmm. that is just the story in order. And you have some of these moments where it's like there's a counterpoint, there's a counter perspective offered via flashback or some other mechanism that allows you to understand the difference in perspective mm-hmm. without needing to tell the entire story three times. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. I think from an editing perspective, it sounds like you and I are both sort of like, we don't have the answer of exactly how it would work, but it feels like there's a much more streamlined way you could have right. captured where it's interesting, what the different perspectives are without having to do like a here's start to finish each person's full version right Right. of all the events leading up to the last duel with much with much redundancy sort of throughout those um yeah yeah you know how like a child you know in a room full of toys on the shelves will like just dump all the toys onto the floor Mm -hmm. and they'll be you know because children do this thing where they're like, they need to see and survey. Like, mm-hmm. what do I got here? Mm-hmm. Like, what are, like, what are the raw materials I'm working with before I can figure out like what I'm going to do. Right. Right. And so there's something like very, as an adult, um, very charming about that. And also very frustrating. Cause you know that that's going to have to get cleaned up, mm-hmm. but it's sort of like, sort of like, uh, just seeing a child just sort of dump stuff onto the floor. It's like, no, no adult starts things that way. Right. Or very, you know what I mean? It's not like I go into my fridge. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm just like, let's just get it all out here. Let's get it all out <laughs> on the, on the table. Yeah. So I can see what I have before I determine what I'm going to eat, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like there is something of that in the way the movie is constructed. It's sort of like, let's just get all the footage right, on here. Right. Let's get it all laid out in order for per, per character. And it's like, could, should we edit this stuff together in some interesting way? Nah, just like line it up, like <laughs> one story, the next story, the next story. Do it that way. I, 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 I think what you're saying is, you know, you're being funny. It could easily be interpreted as you're saying they just were very lazy. I don't think no. that's what happened. No, here. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that at all. But it has that. But it's sort of like it's got it's a exactly, quality. Yeah. There's a vestigial tale element to the way it's constructed, the mm-hmm. way you called it out, right? Where it's sort of like, it's like, well, we've 
you know, we had this idea mm -hmm. to film all three of these and then present them in this way, one after the other, after the other. And I think, you know, like a really critical eye would have like coming into this movie cold from the outside would be like, why are we doing it this yeah, way? Yeah, why is this right? the you structure? Know? Yeah. Like, like this is, this could very well not be true, but my, here's my, and I know I kind of am repeating myself, but just like thinking through the scene I'm imagining in my mind is yeah. like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, like maybe got this idea of this historical event, this duel of which there are many different historical accounts. But like I said, we don't know ex exactly for sure what happened. Maybe they got this idea of like, let's do that story from different since, since there's different historical view, like different historians disagree on what probably happened. We can do a movie where we like show different perspectives of what happened. And right. then that was like the idea. And then they wrote right. it. And then at a certain point they were like, you know, in 2021 maybe we just need to make it a little take a clearer position on like right we should believe the woman right right <laughs> and right. not not do this whole like every perspective there's all these different and so then it was sort of like okay let's make it more like that and and then like you said like as a vestigial organ it was just like well they kept the structure right well it's like it's also less powerful because to a degree, Legree knows he's lying. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I well, I actually I thought about that. And I I feel like so I was surprised in like Legree's version. I'm mm -hmm. like, as the viewer, this seems mm -hmm. very non-consensual to me. Right? Right. Which is weird because you'd think from his perspective, it would have been like she ultimately is like into it, right? Right. Um right. But I, but I was thinking about, I was like, I feel like this was probably very, they were trying to thread a needle here mm -hmm. and say like, they wanted it to make it from his perspective, like it wasn't as bad, <laughs> but still that he actually knew that what he did was wrong. Right. Well, what I liked about the way they, they, they set up Legree's section was, I don't think Legree knows what consent looks like mm. right um he has a sequence you know the line he says when he's pursuing marguerite is if something to along the lines of if you run i will only chase you mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. which is exactly the same line he says to another woman earlier in the film right right during a like an orgy <laughs> with ben affleck's you know yeah and, and there's a lot of giggling and sort of like right. false kicking and and it forces you to confront the notion that like, oh, wait, that seemingly consensual relationship that I witnessed earlier in Legree's section was very likely not, right? He thinks of himself as like this, you know, Don Juan, mm -hmm. right? And uh, it's very possible he is just a, like a repeat assailant, right? Um, there's a moment right before uh de carouge and marguerite come to some sort of banquet somewhere uh and legree is trying to hit on some lady and she's completely not having it mm -hmm. and from his version of the telling right she's like he he's in the middle of conversation he's like excuse me and he like dismisses her mm -hmm. right and then from the marguerite retelling like she's like eye roll 
<laughs> at him, <laughs> right? And then when he says, excuse me, it's like a gift to the right, woman right. because she's like, thank God, get this guy out of here. Yeah. So it's like, I don't think, so that was some was something that was like the subtext of the Legree section was like, I agree with you that it. I think the way they presented it, it does not feel consensual to me as a viewer, but I think you're meant to understand that Legree doesn't know what a consensual sexual relationship really looks like because maybe he's never had one but he takes as a fundamental belief that he is like uh you know a catch and like yeah. a romance and like a desirable romantic partner yeah no I, I i mean i think you're right i guess i guess at the same time though i think it it, it seems to me like they couldn't Uh, I felt like the, they they had to be careful not to m sort of make him seem too oblivious, at least in the moment of the of the critical scene with Marguerite, because I think you know, at least I don't I can't read minds, but I feel like for certain audience members, if they believed he truly was completely clueless, then mm -hmm. that might almost for some people like absolve him to a certain degree. You know, mm. it's sort of like, right. well, he didn't even, you know, it's like from his perspective, it, right. he, he didn't do anything wrong. Right. And it's like, oh, it just makes you sympathize with those men who like, you know, like they just don't realize it's just ignorance. They missed right? the signals. Yeah. It's right. like, it's like honest mistake. Right. And, and I, I feel like the way the scene plays out, like, even though everything you said was right, like that he, he's, he's he's got a certain view of the world and it's like in his mind, he can't even imagine, right. That mm -hmm. it wouldn't be, but like, I still feel like deep down, at least the way I interpreted it was like deep down. He, he kind of knows that he is guilty. He will, yeah, he will never like, admit it. Right. Right. Um, right. And like, even when he's talking to Pierre later, he's like, you know, she gave the obligatory sort of protestations because she's a lady, but Mm -hmm. But she, no, she absolutely, you know, it was consensual. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I believe that he is lying in that moment, as opposed to he believes what he's saying. He's just wrong, right? right? I right. believe well, he I knows that she didn't, that like when he leaves and he's like, say nothing of this for your own safety. I feel like, like, again, like I feel like it was threading a needle. Like it was like the, that, that Adam Driver as a performer was trying to capture like, yes, I am used to getting my way and I barely even think about the woman's, you know, mm -hmm. feelings in these situations. But I just have this like, I just have this awareness that I crossed a line and right. And that right. I, and that what I just did was r really a bad thing. But I'm just going to sort of lie about it till I'm blue in the face. And right. That's how I'm going to get of out like of this. The, right. It's very much like the Seinfeld joke that Costanza tells which is like, it's not a lie if you believe it, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's trying. You yeah, know, he's he, trying like he's, to, to, to convince himself, right? Yeah. And that's, why, and that's why the whole like multiple perspectives thing, I feel like isn't as powerful as one might think. Because to our earlier earliest point, like this really isn't a movie about like different perspectives, right? It's mostly a movie about like, people lying to themselves about who they are 
you know? Yeah. Um, like especially the men, right? Um, well, yeah. And because it's like basically and because, a movie about men being bad. <laughs> right. And because Legree, I agree with you. I think he deep down knows that it wasn't quite, it wasn't right mm-hmm. what happened. And then on top of that, and I think that's maybe a lie that he is subconsciously telling himself, not fully realizing right, that. Right, right. And then he's very consciously telling another lie that there was no relationship at all. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, it never happened. And so the the idea of like it, you know, the the perspectives make in ri- sort of like creating this um, tapestry of unknowability right where it's like who can say it's like well no we know what happened just one of these dudes is a straight-up liar mm-hmm. um which doesn't make it really a, per- a matter of perspective so much as it is just like a, a finding of the truth right like you're yeah you're not you're not searching for interpretation you're searching for reality in this in this film um and so that sort of lends us to gets us back to it's like yeah i don't know that you needed to tell it Mm -hmm. this way Mm -hmm. i think i agree with you because all those moments that i was like oh i liked the person i liked the additional perspective and how that enriched my understanding of the prior moment it's like you can do that in ways that don't involve retelling the entire story three times yeah yeah that's like uh, the usual disclaimer applies, right? It's possible if I got what I wanted, I would realize yeah. what I was missing, right? Yeah, yeah And yeah. I'd be like, you know what? Actually, telling it three times did a lot more good stuff than I gave it credit for, right? But it, yeah. it, that's what—that's how it feels to me. And I think it's—I'm sort of channeling myself when the credits rolled, you know. After, okay, now I've seen the whole thing. I know what what the des- i know what the destination was all along. It's yeah. like. That seems like a weird path we took to get there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but... Well, it's just like the feeling I had watching it, you know? It's sort of like, you know, every time we'd be like at the end of the story and we'd resume the next section, mm-hmm. right? And like, deep breath, you know, like, okay, yeah. here we go. Yeah. Same thing again. Well, especially, especially, and I mean, I think this might be one of the most sort of uh, telling sort of moments in the movie as far as contributing to this argument like the the version of the rape scene with and mm-hmm. legree's version is already hard to watch right right and yes. so when you get to it in marguerite's version i'm like are they gonna show it again but even worse you know and right. basically yeah, the answer yeah. is yes <laughs> right yeah, yeah it's it's gonna be the same exact thing but even more like obvious misery on her part right and i'm like man, this is like rough. And I mean, you know, it, it's sort of, I, I get that what I'm saying could sort of come across as like, oh, I don't want to watch this thing that's uncomfortable. But it's more like, I just don't know that you needed to show it twice because the, the, the you know, it's already yeah. like, um, they're not that, they're not that different. Well, they're, right. di- they are different, right? just because the second is, is it puts even more emphasis on how terrible it is for her. But yeah. Um, but it's like, I don't know how much we're gaining by showing it twice. Right. Right. It, it's certainly right, unpleasant, you know, because I don't think anybody would watch the Legree version of that to your point and be like, 
that looked like everybody had a good time. Right. 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 There was no version. Like you can't watch that and think that. Right. right. I don't think so anyway. So to your point, it's like we already know. Yeah, we, what, we know what happened and we know that her version is probably going to be, if anything, just even even more horrifying. Right. So um, and it's like but it's like if you're going to do this framing of or you're going to do this structure of the three tellings of the story, then you got then you got to tell that scene twice. <laughs> You know, it's like our hands right. are tied. We got to show they were both there. So it's going to be in both of their versions. Yeah. And so that's yeah. just an example of something where I'm like, I don't know how much that makes the movie better, you know? Right. Um, yep. So, I mean, to be clear, I think, you know, what I think would like have been sort of to, 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 to go with your sort of suggestion, um, what could have totally worked is we get basically the Marguerite version because that's the actual, you know, events. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe like the running up the stairs, you still get that Legree thinking she's kicking off her shoes, but then like right. quickly cut to the reality of the shoes are falling off because she's running so yeah. somewhat desperately. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, they literally sort of repeat verbally what happened Mm -hmm. in the scene where she where they're all where he and she are being interrogated in the church right right so that would have been actually a perfect time that would have been a perfect time to do it yeah right yeah so you know what okay in on a somewhat more lighter note what we're talking about is very dark but you know what i found kind of funny about the beginning of that scene was like yeah in the legree version it starts with him outside you know, waiting yeah. there. Yeah. And in her version, you know, it's from the inside where she doesn't right. see him there at first. Right. I just found that amusing because I'm like, you know, from Legree's version, we see him hiding there. Mm-hmm. Like he is, this is not sympathetic. This does not make me sympathetic to Legree at all. I'm like, right. This is straight up very, very shady and not cool right. that you're, that you're withholding your presence, right? And then yeah. revealing yourself. Like, I guess it's just the way they chose to show that. I'm like, yeah. nothing. when we see Marguerite's version, we already know he's hiding right there. And so right. it's like, you already showed us the kind of like the the gross aspect of this, you know? Right. I don't know. I just yeah, thought yeah. it was funny that they chose to, sh- to sh- show that scene from those two perspectives. I'm like, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, it's sort of like, we're this deep into the academic exercise, <laughs> right. right? We're committed just, to doing it twice. So let's just keep going. No, that I think that's what was funny to me. It was, it's like, it's like you've established the structure and now here's an example where there just are no two sides to this, but you're just showing right. it literally from two different like camera angles. Right. Right. But otherwise right. these are identical versions of what yeah. happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so that was my main, I guess that's my main sort of gripe with the movie, Um, which I know it sounds like a big one. Like I'm saying, like the whole structure of the movie, I think, is a little wrong. But the truth is, I still did really think this was a good movie. I think it didn't. um, It's it's more of an idea. It's sort of hard to hard to say that completely changing the structure of a movie would definitely improve it because it would be just such a different movie. Um, Right. I feel like all the ingredients are there, um, all the raw material that the movie would still be good if you did that. Um, but I don't know it for sure. And, and 
as, as big of a deal as the structure of the movie is, um, you know, like we talked about some things that were good about showing these different perspectives. So it wasn't all bad. It wasn't like a huge waste of time. I just think it could have been essentially it's all what it comes down to is I think it could have been tightened and it could have been a little bit more thematically like aligned, you know, Mm -hmm. I think the structure is a distraction from what the actual theme of the movie is in the end. Yeah, I think so. I agree. I agree with that. Um, Yep. But I just wanted to, I just wanted to be clear. I don't think it ruined the movie. Like this, like I said, I think this is one of the better films I saw in 2021 personally, um, despite all that. So, right. No, I agree. It's like, I think it speaks to the performances, the fundamental ideas Mm -hmm. at play, the, um, and you know, just the way it, the way it looks, the way the the script itself, like the, the actual like content of the scenes Mm -hmm. is really strong. Yeah. Right. And so this is a really good movie that is, you know, I think to our earlier point, like perhaps undermined by its structure, but that doesn't make it, that doesn't eliminate the value of all those things that I mentioned. Right. Yeah. Um, Totally. And so, yeah, it's probably over long. Um, and it's probably not as it's, it doesn't move as quickly and it's not as sort of, um, you know, easy to sit through as maybe could have been while still, I think achieving a lot of the stuff that it achieves Mm -hmm. already. Um, but that being said, yeah, it's still like, like we said, you know, Ridley Scott doesn't make poorly made movies. This is a, this is quite well made. Yep. All right. Did you have any other fix the movies or are we done with that? Um, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I wouldn't think, change Ben Affleck's goatee. No, loved it. Uh, really liked the Ben Affleck character actually yeah, loved uh, during the last duel, how he's the one who's like, kill him. Right. Like he's so <laughs> desperate for his friend to like get off scot free. Cause that's, I think, yeah, sort of the culture that they've, yeah you know grown up in is like we don't have consequences for our actions Mm -hmm. it's just not the Mm -hmm. way we roll um really liked that uh i think the the fix the movie suggestions that i would have had would be very much in line with the notion of like some of these recollections of events like don't need as much of the if it 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 feels like there's a lot of filler Mm -hmm. you know they don't Mm -hmm. need as much thoroughness as they have um but i think your suggestion more elegantly sort of eliminates that problem right. in a way that mine would have been more arbitrary It'd be like that scene feels a little long and that scene feels a little long mm-hmm. and it's like well it's because maybe it's because all of you're showing it three times right <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't mind as much if you didn't have to watch it three times yeah um okay so all that remains to be asked adam is are we going to beam this up I'm going to go with no. Mm. Yeah, I'm close. I was I was kind of leaning isn't it yes. Cra- I was kind of Isn't it yes. crazy? Like this is it's a it is a very good movie, but when I think about, you know, the level of energy I had when we were talking about Nightmare Alley. Oh yeah, I right? like that one better, for sure. And I compare that to this. It's like that was clearly I like it was I was unequivocal about that. Mm. And I and for this one, it's like, eh, there's so many things that are difficult to like really enjoy about this film, mm. even though there are many things I do enjoy yeah. about the movie. Yeah. Um, for me, it's like, it's got a lot, you know, I, I think it sort of falls in that it like, it is good, 
it it is probably one of the better movies of the year but that doesn't make it sort of like beam up material yeah yeah no that's fair i mean it certainly is not it's not like a it's not like a yes obviously you know for me it's sort of i have to think about that i think i i I, i'm gonna i'm gonna say it would be like uh a very tentative yes for me Mm. but um I think our rule normally is if one of us says yes, then we beam it. But I actually, yeah. I think it's too tentative to me for me. <laughs> okay. It would okay. need to be accompanied by a tentative yes from you for to justify yes. beaming it. Two soft yeses. Yeah, yeah. I think a soft, I think a, I think a no plus a soft yes is actually maybe going to be a no for us. So let's not okay. beam it up. You know, per usual, we can always, you know, you can always change your mind and beam something up later. Once it's beamed yeah. up, you, you can't, you can't recoup those costs. Um, you can't. Yeah, right. You can't pull it back. The space. We'll go to the. The space we'll bandwidth the, is paid for already. Mm-hmm. We'll go to Verizon in space or whoever our telecom provider is out there. We'll be like, "Come on, we rescinded the beam. Please don't charge us for the gigabits." Yeah. And and they'll be like, "Too too bad." They'll be like, "There's no rescinding the beam." No, right. So, so let me let me let me sit on it, and in our tell you what, in our next episode, I will, I will make an official decision whether I'm gonna put all my weight behind this one and say let's let's beam it after all. What the I'm heck? I'm gonna have to work. I'm gonna have to work extra shifts at the diner <laughs> if you say. If you well, say, you know, Adam, that's it. just the price. You know, I gotta to flip pay so many flapjacks. <laughs> For you and this two and a half hour movie, um, so uh, that's fine. That's such as the space flicks way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, last duel. I think we both enjoyed it quite a lot. It it, yeah. it came close, but didn't quite uh, reach reach the level of of being beamed up. But it, but gosh darn, it came close. Um, yeah, it is a good movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So there you have it. Last duel. The last duel. Thank you for listening and goodbye. Good night. Bye.